interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to have you along. We're pumping our way through the summer and it's hot. It's July. I don't know if it's climate change or if it's just July, but it, but that's okay. This is what we expected. We knew it was going to be this way. Uh, so we're going to just charge right through. Uh, I am pleased to have in studio with me today a, uh, a local pastor. He's the pastor of the Northeast Zion. Mount Zion. Mount Zion. I'm the pastor of the Southwest Zion. That's right. And we've kind of met in the middle of the town here. So maybe we need a central <laughs> Zion. I think so. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> That's right. That is the voice of uh, Pastor Tremaine Combs here from Mount Zion Baptist. How are you doing, Tremaine? I'm doing good. How are you, Stu? I am. I'm Okay. Good. Which during COVID, okay, is about as good as I can do. I think that's for most of us. I think, that... <laughs> I think we're still reeling from COVID. Yes, we are. You know, early on when the vaccines were coming out, you were uh, very active in making your church a site for vaccinations and everything. I never heard the final report on how that went. Oh, it's, it, went, it went wonderful. Uh, we, we were able to um, have at, at least about 200 or so people get vaccinated. Oh, wow. um, so, you know, it, it, was, it was awesome. Oh, that's great. That's great. And by the way, you're, we'll do this more officially later, but uh, Mount Zion is uh, kind of, would you call it the Havelock area or kind of <sighs> south of that? Kind of, uh, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more the university place. Gotcha. It's more university yes. place. Yes. And, uh, it, well, it's a great neighborhood. It's, mm -hmm. uh, I'm a Lincoln guy. I love every new, I love biking around neighborhoods. And every time oh. I bike through a neighborhood, I think, yeah, I'd live there. That's, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I've, I've met, a, I've, I've seen a place in Lincoln where I w just wouldn't live. Yeah. You know, uh, unlike other cities I've been a part, I've been to and yeah. lived yeah. in. Absolutely. One of the things, uh, that, um, I, you know, in between uh, talking on the radio here, the uh, the main way I kind of keep up on what you're doing is Facebook. Mm -hmm. You're very active on Facebook. And uh, one of the things that I just wanted to note, it, and you could, I think you'll take it as a compliment, but I don't know of anybody who loves their congregation and their job more than you do. <laughs> there, uh, you, I appreciate that. That I mean, I I hope they're listening. No. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's true. I mean, you 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 have a lot of energy and optimism and uh you know always always promoting the next thing that's happening and uh i i think it's awesome i admire that thank you thank you very much where does that come from uh i think it comes from several places one i'm just i'm just happy that by god's grace i'm able to pastor uh, uh you know it, 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 a lot of times we think that you know it's it, it's inevitable that certain things are going to happen and i I don't believe that. I don't believe in fate. I believe in God's sovereignty and mm -hmm. God's grace. And so we're placed per cert in certain places because, you know, it's for our good and it's for the good of that place. So, yeah. uh, you know, and I think it's for the general good of God's creation. So I'm excited about what God is doing at the church. And I'm also excited to do it because, um, you know, I grew up there. You know, uh -huh. I grew up at Mount Zion. So, you know, that was the first place I learned about Jesus. The first place I, the, 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 I, was, I was baptized in the old church on, on 12th and F Street. Mm. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's home. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. And I just think that Mount Zion is a, is a, is a good, is a good congregation. You know what I'm saying? It's a good church. It has a, it has a rich history. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, 
I, I don't know if we said this the last time, but we are the oldest black Baptist congregation in the state of Nebraska. Mm. Uh, we're the third oldest black congregation of any denomination or any tradition. Uh, I hate that word denomination, any tradition mm -hmm. in the state of Nebraska. Um, and we were, we were established the same year uh, that uh, unfortunately black exodusters that came from the South Mm. Uh, about 150 black exodusters were, uh, were we'll, we'll say, forcibly removed mm. from the city of Lincoln, right? Mm. Uh, so it's a, it's a church that has tenacity. It's a church that mm. has staying power. It's a church that loves the Lord, loves to worship. Um, and it's a church that seeks to build God's kingdom. So I'm excited to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking before going on the air that— um, that you're you're a legacy pastor. You you have a a legacy of ministry, and uh, I'm a first generation. I don't think either of my none of my kids are going to be pastors, so I'm kind of a one off. But uh, tell the audience about your about your legacy. I am a fifth generation pastor. Hmm. Uh, my family on my father's side has had a pastor in each generation, at least one, since the American Civil War. Wow. Um. And uh, my mother's side, my grandfather was a pastor. Mm. Um, I've had uh, one of my cousins, uh, two of my cousins are pastors, first cousins, uh, uh, two second cousins are ministers. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and exercise, you know, great and awesome spiritual gifts and things of that nature. Uh, I, I had, I have a, a uncle who's a sitting pastor. My uncle who passed in 2018 was a sitting pastor. Mm. Uh, my father, of course, was the pastor, was the previous immediate pastor of Mount Zion. Yep. And, uh, my grandfather was a pastor and so on and so forth. And so it's, it's, it's very, it's very uh, interesting and exciting to, uh, uh, to, to have, to be blessed, um, to have such a family legacy of ministry. How many years was your dad at Mount Zion? Over thirty, wow! Over thirty years, um, it would have been. It would have been. I say. I would say about thirty-two if he had lived. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things we have in our business, we sometimes talk about PKs, the pastor's kids. Yeah, and and a lot of times a pastor's kid feels pressure, or they feel like they're kind of living in a fishbowl, and everybody's got their eyes on them, and like they have to live up to a certain standard. And and it's not uncommon for the pastor's kid to say. You know, I'm going to do something completely different. Mm -hmm. uh, but something inside of you said, "No, actually, that's what I want to do. I want to. I want to be like my dad." Well, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so See, uh, I knew there was a story yeah, there somewhere. Yeah. So um, I, it, I, I, I tell people all the time, if if you want to pastor, like you're crazy. Mm. So because <laughs> all the stuff that pastors deal with, it's not to say that prof that that any vocation. Because uh, it's not just a profession; it's a vocation. Any vocation doesn't have their ups and downs and their yeah. issues that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, just the 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 level of personalities that a pastor has to manage on mm -hmm. a consistent basis. Uh, you have to manage your family. You have to manage yourself. You have to manage the congregation. And then you, and then in spite, and in the midst of all that, you have to find time to hear from God in a way that you know you can lead people. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I didn't want that. Um, it's kind of, I fought it and I ran from it for a very long time. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but when I turned 18, I accepted the call to preach. 
Uh, and I just thought even then I, I'm not going to pastor. I'll probably just, you know, be a, a good, a good associate minister. Cause my, my, my vision for my life, I was going to law school. I was going to be mm. a corporate attorney mm. and you know, I was going to, I was going to be driving a Maserati and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? and, yeah. and being 18 in the nineties, I was going to be married to Naomi Campbell. So that, that was, yeah. that was the vision that I had for my life. You uh, know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and the only thing that, that actually worked out is I, I am married to a supermodel. My wife is beautiful. I have mm. wonderful kids. You know what I'm saying? Not driving a Maserati, but you know, a Buick is okay. I'm okay with that. You know, (laughs) nothing wrong with a Buick. And I've, and I've discovered that I, I debate more as a pastor than I probably would as an attorney. So, you know, Mm. it's fun. Uh, so, (laughs) so I, but I did, I did run from it, but you know, I'm glad that I'm glad that God runs faster than we do. So, yeah. Any, any, particular moments where God kind of just grabbed you and you knew it's like, uh Oh, he's, he's got me. <laughs> I think it was the, the, the winter of 2000 of, of the winter of 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no, 1999, right, right before I graduated from uh, high school. Cause I graduated from high school, Lincoln high in 2000. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to the links. Yeah. Uh, so um, I graduated from high school in 2000 uh, winter of 1999 I remember sitting in my grandmother's house, my grandfather's house in Memphis, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, I, I had that, I, I think I, I had this moment where I was wrestling and, uh, God brought me to Psalm 32. And it basically I would say that that was the covenant God cut with me was mm. Psalms 32. You know, saying that that God would guide me, that he would keep me, that he would have his eye on me, that he would show me the way that he would go, that he would watch out for me, that I I wouldn't even in the moments that I would feel like I was by myself, I wouldn't be by myself. So, I mean, it was a very intense spiritual experience. And, you know, at that point, I. I, I, I kind of, I kind of said, yeah, you know, you kind of say yes internally before you say yes publicly. Yeah. And so that's, I think that's when I kind of said yes internally, but throughout my life, I had people that, um, and, and I think in, 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 especially in black churches, um, you, we, we, we still have a lot of prophetic people, uh, that can see what God is doing in you, even if you can't see it. Mm. And they're not afraid to call it out. And I, mm. I think that's across the board. I wouldn't just say just with, with black churches. But mm. um, I, I think that people called it out in me, like even when I was younger, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And so and so it was it was easier. It was easier for me to say yes to God's call um, because, uh, you know, I think the community confirmed it even mm. before I said yes. And yeah. before God, you know, kind of had to snatch me up yeah so in our, in our in our circles we talk about the internal call and the external affirmation mm-hmm. and it sounds like you've got a lot of that external affirmation yeah yeah uh, yeah from the, from the people who know you yeah yeah and it, and, it, and it's a blessing it's a blessing when you have that that is you Let, know let's take our first break and we'll mm-hmm. come right back and i want to pick up on that theme it's a friendly fire saturday talking with pastor tremaine combs here uh, from mount zion baptist glad to have you along freshen up the coffee we're just getting started on a friendly fire saturday this is the voice of lincoln don't forget 1499.3 klin keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil this is friendly fire with Stu kurds on the voice of lincoln 1499.3 klin 
We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Pastor Tremaine Combs here from Mount Zion Baptist. And we're talking about call. It's interesting. Just a quick story here. Um, as I was growing up, uh, my dad did lay preaching and things like that. And some people said he was a chaplain's assistant in the military. Oh. And, uh, and so some people said, hey, you know, I think maybe you ought to be a, a pastor. And it's like, eh, I finally, then I was wrestling with that. And one day, like I was a, a freshman in, in college, and I just finally said in my heart, uh, just a, an arrow prayer to God. <laughs> I don't want to be a pastor. If you want me to be a pastor, you're going to have to make me want to be a pastor because I don't want to be a pastor. And that was it. I dropped it. And I went to teacher's college and I took my first job as a teacher. And, uh, and as I was teaching at Southeast High School, which was my alma mater. Okay. Uh, a little bit earlier than you. Uh, now I know I'm 20 years older. Um, but uh, as I'm teaching there, and I really enjoy teaching, but I think I really actually enjoy teaching the Bible more than sophomore English. And, and the pastor friend of mine said, I think God might be calling you to be a pastor. And all of a sudden, I realized I actually wanted to do that. God answered the prayer. It took, I don't know how many years, but uh, but I just said, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to make me want to do this because I don't want to do it. Yeah. Did you? Can you relate to that? I can definitely relate to that. I, I, I joke all the time that if if you can do anything else... <laughs> do it (laughs) (laughs) I I mean because I I think that um, I I, I think that it's it's something that is a vocation and as a vocation it's something that you're called to it's something that 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 God shapes you for and I think that the kind of the, uh, the 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 way that we sometimes thinks of think of professions as you know it's interchange we we think of the professions like a industrial revolution esque type of mentality where mm-hmm. you know you just drop somebody in a, in a certain profession they'll be okay and i i don't agree with that i think that uh uh all vocations like whether it's a high school teacher or whether it's a pastor whether it's a doctor you know what i'm saying i i i believe like i said in the sovereignty of god and god is shaping people yeah. for those things god is moving people to those things yeah. uh even if it takes years to get them to where they're supposed to be yeah. uh you know i i believe that if we are willing to let god lead we'll get there in the end where mm-hmm. we're supposed to be in the end so yeah i don't yeah yeah man i i i yeah. tell people all the time that like it's not something that you just want to do. It's something yeah. that you have to be shaped to do and you have to be called to do. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. In fact, and speaking of which during COVID again, um, uh, th- those are, I've, uh, I've been in ministry 32 years and those are my two worst years. They've been the two hardest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've talked to several pastors, actually a lot of pastors who feel some version of that. How did, how did you experience the last couple of years? <laughs> <laughs> they, oh, do we have the time? Well, <laughs> you, you know, you go as far as you want to go. Uh, well, you know, I think it was, they were hard years, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, especially coming off the heels of, you know, losing my, uh, you know, losing my father. I don't want to say lost. It just, what year that's, was that, that's the way? language. 2019. Okay. Uh, August uh, 29th, 2019. Yep. Um, I got called to the pastor in October, around October 13th, 2019. And, you know, um, still like navigating that because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing, but also a hard experience to every time you pull into the church parking lot, you're reminded that you're there because somebody isn't, Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so just navigating that, navigating those emotions. And then all of a sudden everybody's shut down. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I, I mean, you know, I'm kind of an introvert. So, I mean, I mean, the staying at home piece mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily going to be hard for me because, you know, like I can get a good book and just chill. Like I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like you. Hum- I like people interaction, but it drains me a little bit yeah. sometimes. Yep. Uh, so, um, what was hard was having to navigate and manage, uh, you know, keeping a, keeping a community of people together, mm-hmm. uh, uh, asking the Lord to give me wisdom on what to do to keep these people together, keep this community together. Um, because I think a lot of people, uh, forget that koinonia, that fellowship, that connection with one another is mm-hmm. one of the hallmarks of the church. It, yeah. it makes the church, the church, it makes the local congregation, a local congregation and not just a gathering of people. You know what yeah. I'm saying? There's, there's, yeah. there's something to that, that, that we need to fellowship with one another mm-hmm. in a particular way and at a particular time. And, mm-hmm. you know, just to be, just to be honest, I, I don't think uh virtual church does it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? There's something about being physically with someone mm-hmm. uh that that is uh, uh glorifying God with you that's walking through the fire with you uh that that strengthens your faith yeah. um and i think that so so what we so basically we kind of shut everything down so that we could do worship service uh i know a lot of churches in the city didn't do worship service and and they they just did virtual things and i am not knocking anything that anybody else did yeah. uh because at the end of the day you we all got to stand before God and give an account for what we did ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, I, I'm not saying that what they did was wrong and what I did was right. I'm just saying that when I prayed to the Lord, he told me what to do for the congregation that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So we shut everything down. Um, we had, uh, we, we, we were, we are blessed that um, we have enough space that we could really kind of spread out mm-hmm. and still have worship service and still meet CDC requirements, still meet the, uh, uh, the, the requirements that we had from the, uh, from the, uh, uh, from, from, from city government. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were blessed to be able to do that. So we were able to continue with our worship, mm-hmm. uh, during 20, 2020. Uh, but the thing was, was that with the continuing of that worship, you know, saying that, like I said, Pastoring is also not just learning the Bible, knowing the Bible and teaching the Bible. It's also managing expectations, managing people's thoughts and managing people's fears. And there were a lot of people that were afraid. And so we had to, I had the Lord blessed me to remind people that, you know, we need to be aware, but as Christians, we're not supposed to be afraid. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think one of the most prevalent, uh, uh, phrases in the bible is fear not right yeah you know what i'm saying we read that over and over again and and i and i and i i believe you know what I'm saying that 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 repetition shows you what's important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so we're not supposed to be afraid and i think also just as sometimes american christians uh <laughs> i joke with some of my with some of my friends and i've you've seen it on facebook that sometimes as american christians we can be real ahistorical mm-hmm. uh we 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 can sometimes believe that if something happens on the planet and it happens to us, we're the first ones it ever happened to. Yes. Uh, we, we can, we can tend to believe that, you know, uh, if it's new to us, it's got to be new to God too. Yeah. Uh, but you know, in the 2000 year span of the church, this is not the first pandemic yeah. the church has been in. 
this is not the first pandemic the church has been in in America. Yeah. Uh, this is not the first issue that God has had to handle mm-hmm. with his church. And, you know, when you have that historical uh, reality in front of you, uh, it puts things in perspective. Right. Yeah. And then you also get the opportunity to see, well, how did Christians in the past that don't have the medical advances that we have, mm-hmm. don't have the act, don't have operation uh lightning speed i think that's what it was called that mm-hmm. that that pumped out a a very well done to be honest vaccine yep. in a short amount of time but they still did ministry yeah. even when the odds were they were going to get sick they were yeah. going to die things were you know, they they trusted god enough to still do ministry and i'm not saying that people that stayed at home didn't trust god uh, because I believe it was Martin Luther uh, when when, you know, uh, the plague broke out in Wittenberg. He talked about the fact he was like, look, if God is telling you to stay home, stay home. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But if God is pushing you to do ministry because that still needs to happen. Yeah. Trust that God is going to keep you and take care of you. Yeah. So we were blessed to be able to continue that and continue doing things. And I think that uh, that as a church, I, I believe that as a church, we're spiritually stronger for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. We're going to take another break. When mm-hmm. we come back, uh, I want to pick up on a little theme. You talked about the need to, to regulate ourselves and, our, and the people around us and our families. And so I want to know, pastor to pastor, what feeds your soul? Uh, because uh, I think we're all individuals. There are certain things that feed all our souls. Doritos. You, know, you, you read the Psalms, and I hope that feeds all of our souls. But okay, and Doritos. Is that, <laughs> is that the soul? I don't know. It, it's, the, it's the stomach. I, I, I would say they're pretty close in that. Okay, it is pretty close. Okay, well, we're going to get back. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> Bless you. Boy, that was a big sneeze. It's a friendly fire Saturday. Talking with Pastor Jermaine Combs here from Mount Zion uh, Baptist. Glad to have you along. You're listening to The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Talking today with Pastor Tremaine Combs here from uh, Mount Zion Baptist. And uh, one of the things that uh, early in the in the first segment there, you were talking about just... Uh, uh, that's what we do as pastors. We we need to we, we need to help guide our families. We're guiding the congregation and the members and all the different kind of personalities. But we're also guiding ourselves. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, pastors, uh, you know, we're in an age now where people are familiar with the idea of self care, but but spiritual self care, um, it there isn't really a one size fits all. I mean, I know yeah, you should pray, you should read your Bible, you should worship. I get it, but but beyond that. Uh, I find that people are wired different ways and different things kind of really nourish that relationship with Jesus. They, they nourish your soul in a different way. Are there a couple of things that you've found that just for yourself, that's like, okay, this really feeds my soul, Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that, uh, that maybe somebody else could say, Oh, I ought to think about that. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I think that's important to talk about because, you know, I don't, you know, just with the last segment, I don't want to assume, I don't want people to assume that. The last two years for me have been hunky dory because of that testimony uh, yep. they've been hard, um, you know, uh, still mourning the loss of my father, uh, then mm-hmm. mourning the loss of several other very important people in the congregation, people that have known me all my life. Yep. Um, mourning the loss of a cousin, mourning the loss of and most recently my aunt. Uh, mourning the loss of friends that passed in St. Louis that were ministry friends that were very dear to me. And, mm. you know, it's, it's been rough. Um, it's been hard. 
and uh and there have been times where uh where where it's been a struggle um uh just to just to maintain uh a, a strong mental health it's you know mm-hmm. it's it's been difficult um you know but uh you know especially one experience where uh just uh just to struggle to um how do i say this just just to struggle to just to struggle to to even sleep mm-hmm. and not have thoughts of uh, of sadness despondency you know what i'm saying yeah. I, uh, that's a word we don't hear a lot anymore. The despondency is is and, it, and it's and it's just a spiritual malaise uh, that 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 I think is keyed in with a depressive state. And you know it's 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 you know it's it's been hard. It's been I've had to had people pray for me. I've I've, I've I'm talking to uh, a person that you know that that is you know clinical psychologist. And you know it's 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 hard um, because like you said, you have all these expectations on you. You have to manage. And a lot of the times it's not just the expectations of other people. It's the expectations that you have that you want to do. And forgive me for being long winded. Mm. I am a, I am sure enough, uh, a Baptist pastor. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> cause we, we are, we, we tend to be long winded, um, you know, in the Baptist tradition. Oh, that's every pastor. We know that. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, I don't feel bad then. No, no, no. All right. <laughs> but it's it's so what I've what I've managed to do is, you know, because there was times like I couldn't even I couldn't read scripture um, because when you read scripture, you're always you're always on. You, mm-hmm. It's it's very hard as a pastor to just read scripture devotionally. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's always because because Sunday comes with regularity. Right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And yep. so learning how to read the Bible devotionally again, um, deepening my prayer life, um, mm-hmm. taking the time to connect with uh other people in ministry that understand what you're going through and understand what's happening uh you know what I'm saying um uh deepening my relationship with my children and with my wife mm-hmm. um things like that uh and then also um talking to somebody um mm-hmm. that you know I can unburden to and stuff like that and mm-hmm. and and it, and it, and then in addition to that um I this is the one thing that I also recommend Every pastor should have a pastor. Mm. Um, and I think that a lot of times we suffer needlessly in this area um, because we try to be lone rangers in ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Either we don't have a group of people that we click with and connect with, or we don't have a pastor mm. that, you know, is praying for us and praying with us. Somebody that can pull our coattails and be like, hey, did you think about this? You know, it's it's kind of like the story with Moses and Jethro, right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Every, every, every pastor needs a Jethro. Every pastor needs somebody who can, you know, speak into your life and, and also tell you like, I would do it this, I would do it this way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and I think that we should also have the humility to listen to those people as well. Yeah. Um, but the, but the best, but the one thing that I do is I try to get quiet time to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, uh, Clement of Alexandria talks about the fact that a Christian loves solitude. And solitude and isolation are not the same thing. I think a lot of times we try to make them that we, we think they're the same, but mm-hmm. solitude is when you are gathering yourself so that you can th- gathering yourself under the guidance of the Holy spirit, I would say mm-hmm. so that you can then uh, through the guidance of the Holy spirit, extend yourself again into deeper and more lasting relationships and ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of like this ebb, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Kind of like the ocean, you know, yep. it goes out, but then the water comes back to the ocean. It goes out, then it comes back. And I think uh, it's it's rhythmic, and it's something that we should do on a consistent and rhythmic basis. Yeah, we're. I would say there are 
very few people who do solitude very well mm -hmm. because we're just we we live at such a pace and there's so many opportunities to just uh dazzle ourselves with with television and 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 events and uh, and just noise that uh trying to find that did you find do you find it's helpful to have a particular place that can provide solitude or does it, do you find it in different places? Uh, it's, I like, I, I have a particular place. Don't say what it is. I'm not going to tell, I'm not yeah. going to tell anybody, what, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'll tell, it's not a big deal. Uh, bookstores. Gotcha. Uh, bookstores are a good place for solitude for me because I can get lost in the books, mm. uh, but, but still not lose myself. Um, yep. but I've also learned, um, and, you know, because, you know, I love studying um, the Eastern Church and stuff. And mm. I, I, I joke around that if if I if I if I was able to establish my own tradition, I'd call myself an, an orthobaptocostal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but the but, you know, just the the Jesus prayer um, mm -hmm. has been a powerful spiritual tool for me where you can kind of create that moment and that place of solitude mm -hmm. in your heart, in yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of like when Jesus says, you know, uh, when he talks about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, uh, go to your secret place, go to, your, you know, your, your inner place. And, mm -hmm. and it's not just about the house. It's not a room in your house. Right. Yeah. It's also a room in your heart, you know, and and it, and learning that spiritual discipline um, has been a blessing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because it allows you to, to to even when you can't get away, you can get away. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. and I think that um, I think it, I think it would be good sometimes for us to go back to those ancient practices, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but what how, what how have you been able to manage? Uh, very know? poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny how uh, just really, really back to basics. And, and again, I totally relate to what you're saying. You know, when I'm when I'm studying the Bible, it's usually to prepare for a sermon mm -hmm. and then or it's a Bible study that I'm doing. And some, and so I'm I'm always like looking to get something out of it and not something for me. Mm -hmm. And so I've found that I have to really create. Um, well, two things have been crucial. One is creating some time in the morning in my office where I'm just reading for me and I'm not reading for prep. and I'm not reading for the church. I'm just reading for me. Usually Psalms, maybe some other things. Mm hmm. The other thing that's been huge is that I don't have great knees, but I, I'm finding a way to keep running because when I run, I pray. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that's probably my most productive time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I'm looking around, I'm seeing his creation, I'm just grateful that I can move, and uh, and I'm just poking along because I'm slow, but, but there's something about um, that helps me uh, uh, mentally, Physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, those two things have been have been really crucial. But uh, but I always say, when it comes to exercise, it better be something you enjoy doing. Because if you don't enjoy it, you won't keep doing it. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, uh, I, and I know that a lot of people just they're like, why would you want to run? That's stupid. Because I can't even run fast. But why would you do that? But that's yeah yeah. I, we I, we 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 finally got a gym membership again. Um, yeah. I used to love going to the gym, just playing basketball and, you know, yeah. just lifting weights and stuff like that. I loved to lift weights when I was younger. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you look like you've lifted a few more weights than I have. 
you've got. Uh, it looks like you know your way around the rate room. It's all. It's all muscle memory. It's all. <laughs> it's all muscle memory. Well, no, I'm going to say it's all muscle. That's, uh, trust me, folks. I'm, I'm right here in the same room with him. I'm telling you, there's a lot of muscle there. Uh, it's a friendly fire Saturday. Got to take one last break. Then we'll come back. We'll do a little shameless plug. And uh, and I also saw something that you commented on on Facebook that I'd love to hear more about. Oh, okay. It was just within the last day or two. Okay. <laughs> it's a Friendly Fire Saturday uh, talking with Pastor Tremaine Combs here from Mount Zion Baptist. So glad you're uh, on board here today. Uh, don't forget, you're listening to The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here talking to Pastor Tremaine Combs here from Mount Zion Baptist. And, uh, Pastor, it is that time of the program when we always do our shameless plug. So I say to you, plug away. Anything you want to plug. Oh, my gosh. Shameless plug. That's right. I, don't even, I, I can't even think about anything I want to plug right now. Except, you know, I mean, What time is the service at Mount Zion? Oh, oh yeah, the, the, the church. Okay, yeah, there, you uh, there, there you go. Yeah. Uh, we, have, we have service at 1030 mm-hmm. uh, uh, every, every Sunday. Uh, we have uh, Sunday school at around 945. Um, mm-hmm. We also have uh, food distribution every, every Wednesday. So, you know, if you know anyone that needs groceries, especially as things are getting tight, um, yeah, as yeah prices are rising across the board yep. uh we we give free groceries um the only the only uh qualification is that you need them mm. so there's no qualifications or anything like that that's every wednesday at 6 30 yeah. uh we have and we're gonna we're on a break now from wednesday uh, bible study and christian formation um but you know bible study and christian formation is a great opportunity to just talk and and talk about how we are formed as christians and study the Bible, you know, say not for Bible trivia, but for transformation that's on sets at seven 30. And, uh, right now we are doing a roof circle in Joshua club. That's our men and women's group, Mm -hmm. a joint group, a joint session where we're going through a book called a book about breaking, uh, spiritual strongholds in African American families. But Mm. I think the lessons are applicable to every family. Uh, and I think they're applicable to every race and ethnicity, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, so Yeah. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. By the way, we uh, I'll, I'll do a little shameless plug. We're doing it. We do a food net distribution at Zion on Saturday mornings about nine. Amen. And I think people are finding us and we're still doing it drive through style right now. We, we kind of got used to that with COVID and haven't <laughs> gone back. In the old days, you like go through and you pick everything you want. And now it's like, hey, we'll give you a couple of choices, but mm-hmm. here's a box with a lot of stuff and hope, yeah. hopefully it works. But uh uh, that is, it's, it's so great. I love it. There's no, yeah. You know, if you want food, come get it. Yep. There it is. That's, that's, that's what we believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. There. Okay. Here was the thing on Facebook that I saw. Okay. You were, you put something about there, uh, that, um, cause I know you're a big education guy and, mm-hmm. and you've, you've really, uh, you know, obviously if you've listened to the last hour, you know, that he's well studied and, and, and loves to connect the dots on all kinds of things intellectually. The, um, you mentioned that somewhere there was a school district that was uh, licensing people to teach who had not didn't have a college degree, but they they kind of uh, passed some kind of oh, whatever yeah. some kind of a requirement of of uh, knowing how to operate in the classroom or so or so forth. 
Oh, uh, yeah. And, it, and yeah. I got the impression, you kind of just threw it out there, but I got the impression you didn't like that idea. That, oh, uh, that, that, I think it, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I think if I can, if I can maybe find it, I think it was about uh, the state of Florida, uh, the governor of Florida, uh, allowing veterans Oh, that's what it was. Allowing yes. veterans that's to yep. to, uh, to to teach because of the uh, the teacher shortage. Gotcha. Um, even if they don't have any uh, any yeah. any degree, uh, uh, so I, and get I guess getting a kind of kind of kind of what would be kind of like a provisional yes. certification and stuff yeah. like that. That's a better summary than what I provided. <laughs> that, that actually was exactly what the story was about. <laughs> so, uh, but. Uh, I, I, it, well, here's the thing. It's not so much that I am opposed to it because, you know, we have places where you get provisional certification already. But I think the provisional certification, especially when I lived in Missouri, was that you, you're getting provisionally certified with the expectation that you're going to get a degree. Okay. Um, I didn't necessarily see that in the yeah. in the USA Today article online. Yeah. If it was there, I, I deeply apologize. Yeah. But I didn't see that necessarily. Um and my concern is, is that, and this is in no way, shape or form, a knock on our veterans of our armed mm -hmm. services. Uh, yeah. I thank them for their service. We love the veterans. Yeah, man. My, my, my grandfather was a veteran. Yep. World War II. My, my dad and my uncle. Yep. Yep. And, and we've also have a history of military in our family, just along with pastors and it, since the civil war. Mm. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so it's not a, it's not a knock on the veterans rather to me. It's it is it. I, I think that the solution for the teacher shortage is right in front of our faces. And for some strange reason, I just don't understand why we can't see it, which is simply pay teachers what they're worth. Mm. Uh, you know, what I'm saying take care of teachers. I, I think that uh, the, the, the load that teachers carry on a consistent basis yeah. uh, to me, it's a vocation that you have to be called to. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, and, and that goes along with my theology of vocation that you can't just plop people into things mm -hmm. and expect them to work. Um, yeah. uh, and, 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 you know, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you have to know to be a teacher. You have to know child psychology. You have to know human psychology. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, you have to, you have to understand lesson planning. You, you, you have to navigate relationships with parents, uh, uh, and you have to navigate relationships with, with, with children. Um, you have to navigate relationships with administrators. Um, and so this is not to say that veterans wouldn't do a good job, but I think that the, the answer to the, to the, to the teacher shortage is pay teachers. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why are, why are teachers leaving? Why are teachers going away? Pay teachers recognize that some of the things we ask teachers to do, are in many ways unsurmountable because yeah. these are people that have their own families. They have their own kids that are in school themselves. And, you know, we tend to forget those things. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I just, to me, the, the, the easiest answer would be pay teachers what they're worth. Yeah. And, and I think it's also, it, it's also kind of a backwards insult to teachers uh, to assume that, you know what I'm saying? That, like, so, okay, so let's think about it like this. You have this person that goes to school to get this degree, mm -hmm. to educate children. They get the certifications. They get the continuing education. Uh, they put up with stuff in the classroom. Uh, they, they deal with, and depending on whether you're in middle school or not, they deal <laughs> with the disrespect of, 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 of young 
adult of young people that are becoming adults and we all mm-hmm. remember in some way hopefully how we were in ministry like like I, I I saw one of my middle school teachers, uh, I you know, and and I had to apologize to him. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, uh, you know, oh. I, I mean, you know, so yeah. and and I and and you know, and I wasn't the worst. I'm saying that right now. I was not the worst, yeah. and I still had to apologize. But yeah. you know, pay them what they're worth. Show appreciation. Show respect. Show, show. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, these are the people that that take their time away from their kids to teach yours. Yeah. And to assume or to say that, you know, somebody else without those qualifications or without that desire, without that drive um, can just do it yeah. because they feel like it or they think they can or because, you know, I think it's it's kind of it's kind of it's really kind of insulting yeah. to teachers. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, I I. Actually, I, I think I agree with everything you said there. I think that's a, a good way to say it. We love the veterans. We love the opportunity. I get that. But if you, uh, I, I'll never forget my first, you know, back in the 80s, my first job, you know, it was a whopping 18 grand, you know, <laughs> and it's like, whoa. And then I took a pay cut to become a pastor. Yeah. But, uh, but you kind of, uh, yeah, there, but apart from the pay, Though this the the idea that you know, I went to school and I was trained and I did all this stuff, but I guess anybody could do it. It's like you know, tell me one teacher who thinks they like that idea. Right? <laughs> I don't. I don't think you're going to find one. Well, and I think that the responses from the from 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 our educators that are on my that were on my post kind of bear out what you're saying. Yeah. And I, yeah. A lot of the my friends are educators, and they're just and and they're educators in different states. Yeah. And they're like, that's just it's, you know, it's it's. it's 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 heartbreaking that you know it's like it's like in our in our society we find we find ways to do everything except pay people. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that is. Hey, we're just about out of time, but I just want to say thank you for being here today. What a fun conversation! Thank you, thank you. I enjoyed it. Hopefully, we'll I'll be back. Oh, I think so. Uh, I leave you today, uh, saying as I always do, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.